Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page 44 of The Revenge of Kang. This page concludes chapter 20, Big Man on Campus, and it also includes chapter 21, entitled Peter Parker. And a good thing too, because chapter 20, it's impeccable. There's nothing, even with my keenly honed powers of disparagement, there's nothing I can say against chapter 20, Big Man on Campus. So we're going to start there. I'm going to be positive. You're going to be able to hear me smiling, probably. Don't don't get scared. Everything's going to be fine because we're going to wrap up with chapter 21, which is a real return to form for this module in terms of being awful. Big Man on Campus, starting back on page 43. As you'll recall, uh, there's this girl. There's a girl named Jenny Carson. It turns out that the fate of the world hinges on Jenny Carson, who thinks about nothing all night and day but dating football players. Kang is currently engaged in what it must be said is an overly complicated plot to prevent the existence of Spider-Man by manipulating events so that Jenny Carson, without a football player to date, will take Peter Parker to a dance that will prevent him from being bitten by the radioactive spider that will turn him into Spider-Man. Our heroes, Ford's Furies, currently disguised as 1960s teenage boys, have discovered this plot and have decided to combat it by attempting to make the football team. Uh, They're going to go to the tryouts at today's football practice. They know that Jenny Carson attends every football practice. Uh, Our heroes are hoping that if they can make the football team, then they will be able to immediately ask out Jenny Carson. She will say yes. She will dump Peter Parker. Peter Parker, then with no date to the dance, will instead go to the science exhibition and get bitten by a radioactive spider and become Spider-Man, and history will be set right. So, step number one, make the football team. Here's the box text. Quote, you're not the only one thinking about joining the football team. Approximately 10 others are interested as well. Sitting out in the stands watching the tryouts is a small group of students. One of the students catches your eye. You're almost certain that she must be Jenny Carson. Possibly our heroes have seen a picture of Jenny Carson in the yearbook, if they talk to the girls in the cafeteria. Uh, If they haven't seen a picture of Jenny Carson, then there's just something, some je ne sais quoi, some glint in her eye that our heroes know at first sight. That is a girl who ardently wishes to be dated by football players. Quote, a coach comes forward and explains the procedure. There are four tests, running, blocking, tackling, and passing. Anyone who wants to be a member of this team must pass three of these tests. Good luck, gentlemen. In point of fact, not all of us are gentlemen. I figure, you know, given that the fate of the world is resting on this, everyone in Ford's Furies who can try out here should. And I'm willing to extend, given that it's the Marvel Universe, I'm willing to venture that Cub Scout, who is a very small anthropomorphic wolf cub, given that he is dressed as a 1960s high school boy, can pass as a 1960s high school boy. I don't know what he's doing about the ears. Maybe he's got some kind of little uh, crown-style cap like Jughead. I don't know. But somehow he's making it work. So it's going to be him. It's going to be Iron Blood, And it's going to be Scoop, who is uh, like a slight adult woman. And so I think if she disguises herself carefully, she can pass as a teenage boy. Like she's playing Peter Pan. All Ears, you'll recall, uh, is a superhero who's just uh, like a kind of a big wad of ears. And he gets around on a magnetic unicycle device. I I just can't see how he would be able to participate in the tryout. So he's going to have to go try something else to fix the timeline. And indeed, we are going to get to him soon. But for right now, Ironblood, Scoop, and Cub Scout all have to attempt 
to pass these three tests to make the football team. Uh, the first test is running. Quote, in order to pass the running test, the hero must cover eight areas in four turns or less. This shouldn't prove much of a problem for most PCs. Now, if I have one complaint about this section, and I know I said that I couldn't complain about it, but I'm a well-known liar, it's that these tests involve systems we probably aren't using much of in playing face rip, and so you have to go consult the rulebook to get those rules. Uh, it would have been nice to at least summarize them here on the page, although I would not have wanted for a moment to cut any of the material that is here, so fair enough. Presumably, we have the rule books, we can look it up. Now, the basic movement rules are pretty simple. It's based on endurance. If a character has an endurance of feeble, then they can only move one area per turn. Anywhere between poor and excellent, they can do two areas per turn. Remarkable or higher, three areas per turn. The challenge here is to do eight areas in four turns, which means anybody with an endurance over feeble can do it. And even those with an endurance of feeble uh, might be able to use some slightly more advanced movement rules. Make a roll to sprint as they've never sprinted before. Maybe spend some karma. Uh, they might be able to do it as well. Although as a judge, I at least would be dubious about your chances with Jenny Carson if she sees you displaying Aunt May level cardiovascular fitness as you run down the football field. Uh, Scoop, Cub Scout, and Iron Blood can all hit the threshold here, so the running test is no problem. What comes next is blocking. Quote, the hero is paired off with one of the other candidates and are ordered to block each other. Resolve the blocking test in rounds, just like combat. Both characters begin in the same area and make endurance feat rolls each round. The intensity of the endurance feat is equal to the opponent's endurance rank. The hero's opponent has good endurance. Every time one of the characters receives a yellow or red result on an endurance roll, he pushes the opponent back one area. As soon as one character has pushed his opponent back a total of two areas, he has won the struggle and passed the test. Now, Iron Blood has excellent endurance due to his blood's high iron content, which is the martial arts talent that applies to grappling, which is arguably applicable here. In either case, our hero is going to be outclassing the random teenage boy he has been assigned to defeat, uh, which doesn't sound so impressive when you say it like that. But regardless, uh, Iron Blood is going to succeed at the blocking test. Cub Scout and Scoop both have good endurance, which is the same as a high school jock, it turns out. And they don't have any applicable skills, so it's really random whether either of them will succeed or fail at the blocking test. Next up is tackling. Quote, one of the other candidates is given the ball and the hero is told to tackle him. Make a map eight areas long and one area wide. The hero begins in one of the end areas, and the character with the ball begins in the adjacent area. Handle the tackling test in rounds, like combat. During each round, the character with the ball moves two areas toward the other end of the map, and the hero is given an opportunity to follow him. At the end of each round, after both characters have moved, the hero is given an opportunity to tackle the character with the ball. Tackling the ball carrier from an adjacent area requires an excellent intensity strength feat. Tackling the ball carrier from the same area requires a good intensity strength feat. If the hero must tackle the ball carrier before he can carry the ball into the last area on the map in order to pass the test. Uh, that sentence is fucked, but what it means is the hero must tackle the ball carrier before he can carry the ball into the last area. So there are two ways to succeed at this test. Number one is to be able to pass the excellent intensity strength check from the area behind the person with the ball. Iron Blood, due to his blood's high iron content, is going to have no difficulty with that. So Iron Blood, once again, he's going to cruise through this. For heroes who can't pass an excellent intensity strength check, which neither Cub Scout nor Scoop probably can, the alternative is to outrun the ball carrier, get into their area, and then succeed at a good intensity strength check. There are some relatively complicated rules for running faster than your endurance would normally permit, but it doesn't really matter because if either Scoop or Cub Scout gets into an area with the ball carrier, they still have bad odds of making a good intensity strength check, as do all of the other would-be football players here, by the way. So there aren't going to be too many people passing this test in this tryout. But anyway, Iron Blood is one of them. Scoop and Cub Scout probably are not, which is not to disparage them. I mean, 
Scoop is no athlete and Cub Scout, a tough guy, a former Marine, but he's working with certain limitations. Like inch of leg length for inch of leg length, I think Cub Scout is going to put in an excellent performance relative to these actual high school boys. It's not his fault that he has adorable little stubby fuzzy legs. The final test is passing. This finally brings us to page 44, by the way. Quote, in order to pass the test, the hero must throw a football through a suspended tire three times in five attempts. Throwing the ball through the tire is a good intensity agility feat. This is actually a clever testing method by the coach who is using the Ray Winninger method and requiring repeated checks in order to bleed these prospective football players of karma so that he can evaluate their true abilities rather than ending up with a football team of just whoever had the most hero points on the day of the tryouts, the most karma. Fortunately for our heroes, they're an agile bunch. Cub Scouts got remarkable agility. Ironblood has excellent agility. Scoop has amazing agility. Statistically, they're all likely to pass this test. So everyone is going to pass at passing. So who makes the football team? Ironblood does for sure. He's going to pass every test. Cub Scout and Scoop are both right on the borderline, passing at running, passing at passing, failing at tackling, and each of them with a 50-50 chance of passing blocking. So statistically, one of them is going to make the cut here and one of them isn't. Since it's going to come down to spending karma, probably in the blocking portion, I'm going to give it to Cub Scout because Cub Scout has more karma. This is probably for the best. Please remember that the point here is not actually to make the football team, but to go to the dance with Jenny Carson. And we can't say conclusively that Jenny Carson is exclusively into boys, but Jenny Carson is exclusively into football players. And gender aside, Scoop is a feeble nerd, albeit a feeble nerd who is the rightful ruler of Dirt World. So she's got a lot going for her, but she is not a big, thick jock, which is the only thing Jenny Carson cares about. Quote, if the hero passes three of the four tests, the coaches welcome him to the team and present him with a Hoover High letter sweater. This is awesome. These are going up in the trophy room in the Hall of American Virtue for sure. Quote, the coaches also ask the hero for his name and address. The heroes won't be around long enough for the coaches to discover that the hero that just made the football team is obviously not a student, but you shouldn't tell the players this. Let them sweat. I like this too. I like this little detail. Once you've passed all these tests, you've been focused on the mechanics, you've been spending karma. Then at the end, it's like, oh yeah, so who are you? Where do you live? And then you got to make up fake teenage identities on the spot. This is good fun. Quote, if the hero passes the test, he is also greeted by Jenny Carson, who rushes out onto the field. <laughs> she, as soon as you become a football player, she dives over the barricade, tucks, rolls, springs to her feet in front of you, quote, who rushes out onto the field to compliment him. Now, presumably this means that she says nice things about you, but it's spelled C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T, which is not compliment which means say nice things about it is compliment, as in to suit something or to fit to it. So I guess this means Jenny kind of spoons you <laughs> on the field, which sounds like Jenny. Quote, if the hero asks Jenny to the dance at this point, she will gleefully accept and run off to call Peter Parker and cancel out on him. It also says, quote, if the hero asks Jenny or the football coaches about Flash Thompson, they will admit that he has disappeared, but no one knows any more details. I don't see any reason to bring that up. At this happy moment, who, other than those interested in the fate of the world, cares about Flash Thompson at a time like this. The question is, who does Jenny run to? Because we had two members of Ford's Furies make the team, Ironblood and Cub Scout. Now, Ironblood did perform better in the tests. He's tall, he's built, he's charismatic and conventionally attractive, and definitely a better football player than Cub Scout. At the same time, it's funnier if she goes to the dance with the little wolf. So I'm going to say that she runs onto the field, scoops up Cub Scout, and before you know it, the two of them have a date to go to the dance together. Quote, Jenny gives the hero her address and asks him to pick her up at 8 p.m. In order to guarantee nothing goes wrong, the hero has little choice but to go ahead and accompany Jenny to the dance that night. Nothing interesting happens between the end of tryouts and the beginning of the dance. That's what you think, in your ignorance of player characters. If I just managed to score a date with Jenny Carson to the dance, and I'm a little wolf cub, 
I'm going to need uh, some kind of vehicle to pick her up in that I can see over the steering wheel in it. I'm going to need clothes for a dance. I can't wear these stolen high school boy clothes to the dance. I need some kind of a little suit. This is the 1960s. You couldn't just go to a store in any city and buy a tuxedo for a little dog. America wasn't quite that decadent yet. So where am I going to get a doggy tuxedo? I guarantee you interesting things are going to happen before the dance, but they're not in this module, so we'll have to just leave them to the imagination. What we will not leave to the imagination, what is in this module, and the dumbest thing on this page, is an alternative route to save the timeline. As mentioned before, all ears cannot really go out for the football team. He simply cannot make it down the field without his little magnetic wheelie bobber, and I don't think that would be allowed. In the Marvel Universe, a wide brim hat can conceal that you are made of ears, but not that you are on a unicycle. Call it arbitrary, but that's where I'm drawing the line. Therefore, instead of trying out for the team, All Ears is off to Chapter 21, entitled Peter Parker. In this chapter, heroes who can't attempt the Jenny Carson route to saving the timeline instead go to the science labs at the high school to try to find Peter Parker and somehow get him to go to the science exhibit and get bitten by that spider. Quote, Finding the science labs is easy, and Parker is the only student in the labs when the heroes arrive. Even if the PCs don't know what he looks like, it won't be hard to find him. And here's the box text. Quote, You walk around through the high school science labs for a while until you come upon a lone student poring over some algebra homework. You're sure he must be Peter Parker, the boy who will one day become Spider-Man. Just as we were sure by looking at Jenny Carson and seeing the thirst gleaming in her eyes that, that she must be the one, all it takes is one look at his dweeby little sweater vest, one look at that haircut that demands to be mussed and stuffed in a locker, and we know this has got to be Peter Parker. It says here that he's friendly, that he's willing to chat. He doesn't really know anything that we don't know about this Kang plan. There are really no clues to gain. However, he's happy to talk about the fact that he's going to the dance with Jenny Carson. Quote, if asked about a nuclear science lecture, Peter will admit he knows about the lecture scheduled for this evening and will express regret that he will not be able to attend. If any of the heroes tries to trick Peter into foregoing the dance for the lecture during this encounter, you should give Peter the appropriate intuition rule to determine whether or not he sees through the ruse or use your own judgment to determine the results. So, I presume that many listeners played role-playing games in high school, and if you did, then you will recognize the realism of this scenario. There are some nerds out there in the high school world, some big, big nerds like Peter Parker, and at some point, they all face a painful conflict between their horniness and their nerdiness. Sometimes a rare chance for a high school-age loser to get laid comes along at the same time as, like, this week's D&D session. You don't want to miss out on that XP. What if, you know, what if the party fights a bunch of orcs and one of them is carrying a magic bow and you're not there and somebody else takes the magic bow. You need a magic bow. But at the same time, this may be the last chance in your life to fuck somebody. So you probably are going to choose your horniness, but there's going to be a, a level of regret. And there's room here for a persuasive individual, perhaps made of ears, to convince you that you need to use your head, be rational, and choose orcs. Or in this case, choose science. Sex is good. Human connection is great. But you know what it can't do? Penetrate DR5 slash magic from range. For that, you need a magic bow. So that's the tack that All Ears is going to take here. He's going to try to convince Peter Parker to break this date with Jenny Carson and instead go to the nuclear science exhibition. And Peter Parker gets an intuition roll to resist this persuasion. Is there anything that All Ears can do to influence the outcome of this role? Why, I'm glad you asked, because that's the dumbest thing on this page. It turns out that you can reduce Peter Parker's intuition roll by a couple of column shifts, making him much more pliable if you do him a little favor, quote, when the heroes encounter him, Peter is stuck on a tricky algebra problem. And here's the algebra problem. 4x divided by 2 plus 2x equals 16. 
Quote, if the heroes can help him with this problem, Peter will be more than grateful. In this case, give the heroes a few column shifts in their favor if they're trying to trick Peter. So it actually says a few. That's three to five column shifts, which means Peter Parker is putty in your hands if you can solve this algebra problem for him. Quote, if none of the players can solve the problem, their characters can find a solution with a good intensity reason feat roll. The correct answer is X equals plus two. I genuinely do not know where that plus two comes from. Obviously, by convention, when we write the number positive two, we normally write it as just two. But I don't think this was meant to be positive two because positive two is is not the correct answer to this algebra problem. I think maybe what happened here is that the author was working the problem in like the word processor document or whatever he was using and then uh, didn't finish, (laughs) possibly. I, I just do not know what happened here. This is dumb for a number of reasons. Uh, This is already a long episode. There's no need to be exhaustive, but let me just toss some of them out here. Uh, Number one, the answer printed in the book is wrong. Uh, Number two, a good intensity reason feat would be likely to be passed only by a character with excellent or better reason, unless the character has formal training to the extent of having a talent in mathematics, which pretty much by definition, a character who's taking elementary algebra in high school does not have, which means that Peter Parker mechanically has been assigned an algebra problem that is very likely to be failed by any high school student who does not have excellent reason or better. Uh, So this is a a sadistic math problem to assign. Putting aside the mechanics, though, uh, this is very easy algebra. I got algebra problems like this all the time uh, when I took math in high school. And if it hadn't been for my extreme laziness, I would have done just fine. Certainly, Peter Parker, who does have an excellent reason, should not be having a great deal of difficulty with this problem. I mean, he's like weeks away from inventing web shooters and webbing. Unlike the author of this module, I don't think he should have any great difficulty solving an extremely basic algebra problem. Also, I'm just going to toss this out there as some free game design advice. Please don't make us do no context algebra problems in the course of play. It's one thing to have to do math to figure out a die roll or whatever, but like, remember pages ago I was joking? Pretty soon the author's going to have us doing actual algebra problems at the table? It wasn't a joke. Here we are doing actual algebra problems at the table. We're literally doing Peter Parker's homework. This is some bullshit in any scenario, but in this case, we're all ears player is here fucking pouring over an algebra problem with Peter Parker while the rest of the party is out there trying out for the football team and throwing roguish smirks over at Jenny Carson and winning Letterman jackets. The contrast. It must be so painful for the person playing all ears. First, they got bit by that alien mosquito and they were unconscious and shitting themselves during the trial, which was the only fun part of the pocket dimension. And now here they are doing actual out-of-character algebra while the rest of the party gets to have fun just some bullshit. The the dumbest thing on this page, do not assign algebra problems to your players. I didn't think it had to be said, but apparently it did. And in this case, what's all ears going to achieve here? He's probably going to solve the algebra problem. I mean, I have that confidence in all ears as player, even though mechanically, if you had to rely on the rules, all ears is probably not smart enough to solve this good intensity algebra problem. But assuming he succeeds, all that happens is that he very likely causes Peter Parker to fail his intuition role, which means that he can talk Peter Parker into breaking off his date with Jenny Carson. But by the time he gets to a phone to tell Jenny that he decided he's hornier for nuclear science than he is for her, he's going to find out she already broke it off with him because there's a new hairy little stud on the football team uh, who she'd rather take to the dance. So after everything, all ears is algebra has been for naught. Anyway, lest we leave today with too sour a taste in our mouth, two of our heroes did make the football team, Cub Scout did score a date with Jenny Carson. Ford's Furies are hardly going to let Cub Scout go to the dance without backup when there are Kangs about. So that means we're all going to the dance. Join me next time for that on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC, 
New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband. <laughs>